Hey everyone, Parham here, host of the Personal Process Podcast. Just wanted to give an upfront warning because we go in deep with Bernard and there is one story that has to do with violence that is a pivoting point in Bernard's life. And although it is a bit, you know, graphic and descriptive, I've decided to keep it in there because it was a changing point in his life and I think it adds value to the context that is his path in his life. So with that said, it's an amazing episode. Had a lot of fun recording with Bernard and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Personal Process Podcast. Podcasting worldwide from Vancouver, Canada. Welcome back to the Personal Process Podcast. The show that takes you through the growth, hardship, self-discovery, lessons, and stories of individuals who achieved success in their own personal path. Trust the process. Welcome back to the Personal Process Podcast. Today's guest, we have Bernard Gleason, and we are very excited to have you here, sir. You know, you run your own podcast, you're a former professional athlete. I mean, you also got a little side project going on for yourself. How are you doing today? Oh, man. Happy Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday. My guy, my guy. So, Bernard, I guess, where are you from? Like, how, where do you grow up? Uh, so, I am from the west side of Detroit, Michigan. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you are in Canada, so yep. we're neighbors, practically. <laughs> yeah. Other sides, but yeah. 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 So um, that's, that's where I'm from and that's where I grew up at. Fair enough. And uh, Bernard, just like when you were a kid, like how was, uh, you know, school like, how was your experience with that? Did you have any notable takeaways? Uh, well, let me, let me put this out there. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me just put this out there about right out in the open. Mm -hmm. I do have an identical twin brother. So, oh. uh, yeah, that's something I, I failed to mention to you before. Yeah. Um, me having a identical twin brother, uh, you know, we, we, we did typical twin stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. I pretended like I was him. He pretended to be me. We switched <laughs> classes. We played tricks on people, you know, the whole nine, you know. Jeez. And then uh, were you guys like uh, friendly twins or like were you always competitive with each other? It's natural for twins. Identical mm -hmm. twins to be competitive. Yeah. Not, not not only identical, but just twins in general be competitive. Right. Yeah. Right. And I guess, do you think that was something that you think is positive or did you think that that was something that just hurt you? I think it was something positive. Maybe yeah. because it was always somebody there who, who one, pushed me and, and two, wanted me to be better than, than who I am and vice versa and things of that nature, you know? So mm. it was always, uh, I could do this better than you. Nah, you can't do this better than me. I could do this better than you, you know, mm -hmm. you know that, that type of uh, competition. No, fair enough. And uh, Bernard, okay, so past this identical twin business, I think that's really cool. Um, you know, like, what else did you do in school? Like, were you involved in sports? Were you, you know? So in school, I did, uh, uh, I did football. Yep. Ran track. Uh, I played little league basketball. Mm -hmm. I would have did uh, a basketball in high school, but you know, football and track, still, their seasons kind of yeah, yeah. run into each other. So yeah, I was going to be able to do that. Uh, and but, yeah, Sorry. I, I had a blast, man. I, yeah. When I was playing, uh, I'll, I'll say this. Mm -hmm. I was all state in track. In, Huge. In one pair of hurdles. Wow. Uh, in my class, um, and you, you. From my experience with that, I realized that, yeah, I might be good mm -hmm. in my neighborhood, but mm -hmm. I may not be the best in, you know, the city, right? Right. The competition level keeps getting higher and higher, right? Absolutely. Um, so I was lucky enough to, and at my time, it was a lot of great competition in the city. Right. And I was just lucky enough to, to be able to compete at the highest level that I could, you mm -hmm. know, at that age. And really, really showcase myself. Right on. And Bernard, would you say that like you're just naturally gifted athletics, or like did you put in the work to get there? Uh, you know, 
talent could always be taught. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, of course, had the natural stature and build for a person to be athletic. But, you know, to really, really get good, it's always going to take hard work. You yeah. Know? Uh, I, I, I would like to say that, you know, I came out the womb and, and was just, you know, killing people on the football field or, <laughs> or on the track. But, you know, that would be a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, it took years. And here, here's a funny story. Yeah. So uh, when I started playing football, I started playing football with my older cousin and everything like that. And then my mother started putting my brother and I in Little League, right? And, yep. And first year in Little League, you know, just trying to do everything and, you know, all that type of stuff. But that's when I really started learning the game. And yep. probably after that second year of playing Little League was when I really started realizing, okay, this is what I need to do. After the first year, I started studying particular people and started incorporating a lot of their game into my own game and really put my own spin on it. And that's how I started to become better and better and better. Right on. Yeah, so that's kind of like uh, what Kobe did, right? Like he took MJ's moves and, you know, he added his own finesse on it. So, like, who, yeah. were, who were the people that you were looking up to? Oh, man. So, my position of football was uh, quarterback and wide receiver. Um, wow. As far as wide receiver, you know, Obviously, the, the greats, right? Jerry Rice, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Jerry Rice, uh, Randy Moss, yep. uh, who was John Taylor, right? Uh, you know, Michael Irvin was my favorite receiver, mainly right. because Michael Irvin wasn't the fastest guy, but he, he was strong and he was big and he ran great, great routes. And his attitude towards the game or just, just in playing the game was just something that I mimic a lot of. Uh, Michael Irvin had that dogmatic type of attitude. If the ball is up in the air, I'm the only one coming down with it. I don't care who you are. You can be God himself. I'm the one that's coming down with the ball. And that was the attitude that I, that I really started incorporating into my game from Michael Irvin, you know? That's huge. And uh, you mentioned you were a quarterback and a wide receiver. So you weren't doing both at the same time, throwing the ball and then running to it, were you? <laughs> I, I tried. You tried, my <laughs> I tried man. Many times, many times I tried. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I did throw it to my brother, so I guess in a sense it hey, was. Hey, that's fire, <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah, and just kind of following up on the last bit that you're talking about, you know, like that, the way that they play the game. Like, how did you take what you learned from these amazing players and apply it to your own life? The work ethic, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, doing things that nobody else wanted to do, you know. Okay. Um, the, some, some of these greatest plays that we've seen, right, mm-hmm. if, if, if I, I could go, I could be real geeky when it comes to this. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to try my, my best not to get too geeky. <laughs> so um, it was Joe Montana and mm-hmm. I want to say Dwight Clark. Okay. I believe it was Dwight Clark. Um, it was there was a play that was dubbed the catch, right? Right. Um, <laughs> Joe Montana was kind of rolling out. It was in their red zone, and they needed to score. And he threw the ball, and he was recorded saying that he thought he threw the ball a little too high for him to catch the ball, but he was able to go up there, catch the ball, come down with it, right? Right. right. Um, I, I I've always replay those type of plays in my own head, right? Right. Um, playing, well, practicing as if it was a game situation, you know? Right. Everything ahead in, in, you know, being, having some type of plan, whereas if this don't work, I know this is going to be the fallback plan. If that don't work, then I'm going to do this. If all else fail, I'm going to do this, you know? Um, mm. The work ethic, not only on the field, but off of the field, the training, right. you know? Um, sweetness, and, and I'm I'm a little bit young to to actually see him play, yep. but watching film of him, you know how he used to run those hills, how he didn't necessarily hit the weight room, but he was just big and and, and everything like that. Um, Bo Jackson again, somebody else who who I'm a little bit young to watch, yeah. but seeing film on him, some of the amazing things that he did, but again. Not necessarily on the field, because, of course, not taking all that away from him, 
but the things that he did off of the field to train, right. to prepare himself, to 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 be ready for the games, for those game situations. Those were the things I took away most from watching some of these other great athletes. Mm-hmm. And when you were mentioning you took it away, so like, I guess beyond practice, what other things did you do on the side to get to that next level? Oh, man. Uh, so, you know, practice, let's just say, you know, practice was supposed to be on Monday through Friday between, yep. let's say, 12 and 2, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what I would do was I would come in maybe around 10 in the morning right. and start working on my own stuff. Then practice starts at 12, you know, 12 to 2. And then right after practice, you know, I might grab me a bite to eat, but I'm right back in, you know, in the weight room on the field doing whatever, doing some more work, you know. I could give you a specific time when I was running track in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, never ran track before, but I started running track, and each year I progressed. I right. went from uh, regionals to state or I went from city to regionals to state. And right. each year, I failed, <laughs> I failed at that next step, right? Right, right. Uh, and at the time, I was in this particular high school for three years. So my senior year, I knew I had to make something happen. So what I did was, this is before the season, I stole some hurdles and took it home. Right. I didn't even have a car. I can't yep. even explain to you how exactly I stole these hurdles. But I took these hurdles home with me, no lie. And I yeah. lined up maybe like three hurdles in my driveway. Yeah. And I went over it and over it and over it. And I kept them even after, um, even after, well, my coach came back and told me that she needed those hurdles <laughs> after the season. But still, you know. Yeah. So, like, after, after school, went to track practice. You know, mm-hmm. ran to I threw, I ran purposely. I ran hard purposely to throw up. After I throw up, you know, drink some water, wipe my mouth, went back out there running. And right Right. after practice, I came home. It was maybe about an hour to get home from, you know, catching the bus and everything. Mm -hmm. I come home and I eat a little dinner, study a little bit. So I'm right back out in the driveway going over those hurdles. And that's when I say I was I was fanatic about it. It was was, for me. It was the details. The details. Yeah. It's those little details that's going to help me be a better athlete. That's going to help me be a better track runner. That's going to help me be a better football player and so forth and so forth and so forth. Absolutely. And Bernard, the question begs to be asked, like, what gave you this drive, this motivation? Because, you know, like, you're, you're not only saying that you want to work hard. You're working pretty much the whole time. And your exact words were, I want to go until I puke. So, like, how do you have that grit, that tenacity, that vigor to, you know, just punch through the day and say, this is me? Well, I said it earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm an identical – well, I am competitor. Because I am an identical twin, I am competitor. Not only am I trying to beat my brother, but once I got out here and started, you know, competing against other people, I realized, oh, wait, there's more people for me to compete against besides my brother, right? And and like I said – uh, those years, well, it was one year in particular where the competition was just amazing. Right. That's what drove me to to work as hard as I did. It, it was a competition. And again, I hated running. I don't right. like running because after I get finished running, I'm tired. You know, I'm breathing hard. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. However, the competition in my mind was, okay, let's see who's the best. Let's right. compete. You know what I mean? If I'm going to lose, I'm not going to allow myself to lose by a large margin and even if i do okay it's all good i would take it like a man you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but the competition is what drove me like honestly that's huge like and i guess you know let's kind of talk about this range you know a lot of people they mention you know competition that comes with stress there is a lot of anxiety that comes with it what's allowed you to you know just forget about that and just say like no i got this you know if i you know misstep one day i'm gonna come back the next day even stronger what gave you that so (laughs) i i'm I'm not sure if i'm if i'm allowed to 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 cuss on on your show but uh i've developed a idgaf attitude yep okay and and for those who who don't know 
what those what that phrase is is I don't give a you know yeah F-bomb. yeah <laughs> um, I, I I developed that because it helped me to stay focused on the task at hand you know what mm-hmm. I mean if I was to miss a play okay that's fine I need to go and make it up the next time you know what right. I mean um, I need to work harder to make it up the next time and, and things like that so when it came down to anxiety, I didn't necessarily have anxiety in an aspect to competing and performing. The anxiety came a tad bit later with Mm. other stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, was it with the sports still, or was it going into more of like the adult life? It was more so of the adult life. And I okay. didn't recognize that it was anxiety until I started having uh, uh, therapy, you know? Right. Um, and so let, let me explain to you. Mm-hmm. Before a game, I get these butterflies, yep. right? That's a form of anxiety. However, yeah. um, my thing is I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I will not allow fear to hold me back to do what I need to do, right? Uh, it wasn't until I started dealing with things in my personal life is when I started realizing, oh, that's that's a form of anxiety, you know? Yeah. And it did not feel the way it felt when, before I come out in a game or, you know, if we need this bucket or if we need this touchdown yeah. or this yeah. catch or what have you, uh, it, it was just a different feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, anxiety in my marriage, anxiety in, in, in certain situations, you know, for sure, uh, was when anxiety really started playing a part um, in my life. And again, it, it didn't, it wasn't so bad, whereas it kept me from performing, right? It may have slowed me down momentarily, yeah, you know, until I pushed through. And, and once I started getting therapy and really talking some of these things out that's when I realized, okay, this is anxiety. Yeah, no, definitely. And thank you so much for sharing that, Bernard. I really appreciate it. Now, what a lot of people are still mentioning, you know, there's still some stigma about getting help with uh, mental health. And, you know, I think the statistic is really shocking on how many men actually, you know, commit suicide because they just have such a stigma against them for getting help, whether through counseling or even just talking about their issues. What would your message be to the viewers who are, you know, just in, you know, a little bit of a dark place right now and they don't know how to get out? So I would say that uh, for for me to be a black man mm-hmm. speaking on mental health, yeah, uh, it is it, somewhat taboo. Right. It is taboo in my in my culture. Right. Uh, we're always taught to suck it up and just deal with it. Mm-hmm. And everything like that, you know, don't cry. You need to be a man and things of that nature. Uh, that's, that's, that's old falsehood, you know, right. This is something that we're all dealing with, right. We're all dealing with in, in different ways and, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. It, it's called the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Right. And, and being an entrepreneur now, I'm dealing a lot more with the imposter syndrome. Is somebody going to like this? Why is yeah. anybody going to buy this? Why are they going to get this from me? What makes me think that I'm an expert or, or you know, whatever else like that? For and sure. it's, it's not until I recognize it and put a name on it and then talking it out and dealing with it is when I start to really see some type of progress. You right. know? So for all of those who may be experiencing that, that negative self-talk, uh, go get therapy. Talk it out. Mm-hmm. You know, don't listen to all of those people who say, you know, you don't need therapy, whatever else like that. Because I feel that we all need therapy. You yeah. know, some of us may have had to deal with, with life a little bit harder than other people. People who may have been, you know, uh, molested at a young age mm-hmm. or you know, may have seen death at an early age and yeah. just some things that they don't understand. Therapy is there. Therapy is there to help you to understand you, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not going to work until you do the work. Absolutely. Yeah. And just to kind of just add a little sub note on what you were mentioning, which I agree with a hundred percent, 
you know, everyone goes through their own struggles. You know, everyone has their own challenges. And oftentimes when I'm even talking with my friends, they're like, oh yeah, you know, like, yeah, it was hard, but like other people have it worse. But, you know, at the end of the day, everyone has their own demons. Everyone has their own things. And whether it's greater or lesser in magnitude, for you, that magnitude could just push you off the threshold. Whereas for another person, it may not phase them. And I think just getting help, talking to your friends, I'm hoping we can actually even change this, you know, stigma around this. I don't understand why guys aren't able to talk. I've, I've, you know, I'm not sure if I can speak on your experiences, Bernard, but even for me, you know, like talking with some good friends about challenging experiences have brought us together and, you know, they've really helped us both level up. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I would say the most important thing is, is talking to the right people. Yeah. You, you don't want to talk to the wrong people, right? What do you mean by that? Um, so what I mean by that is, you know, you obviously not going to be at a bus stop and, and yeah. you know, some do and you just going to unload on them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You want to talk with somebody who's going to have uh, good intentions for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's actually going to do you some good. Who's Absolutely. not out to harm you or, or backstab you or, you know, yeah. all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, you just want to talk to the right people yeah and that goes to having the right people around you in order yeah. to allow you to just be real and, and, and say how you feel and, and yeah. things of that nature and even if it comes off wrong you know that other person or party needs to understand okay yeah it may have came off a, a tad bit rough but this is at the heart of it this is what's going on this is what's being said for sure and you're mentioning keeping it real. So do you think that people nowadays are kind of more or less fake and they kind of hide their emotions or their intentions in life? Um, big so question. This reminds me, it's, this is a big question. This reminds me of that Dave Chappelle skit. When, yep. um, when, when a woman calls another woman's phone and she like, you know, who is that? And, and the woman just hang up, right? Yeah. And she like, nah, you know, I don't like people playing on my phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> and the whole skit is, you know, when when real gets too real or something of that nature, right? Right. I think there needs to be a understanding of when you're being too real and you're mm. being the right amount of real. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, somebody cut me off in traffic. Oh, did he do it on purpose? Yeah. Or, you know, was there a reason why he did that? Maybe it was the person in front of them. Absolutely. Know, just, just taking things into consideration. You know what I mean? Huge. So to, 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 to hone in on, on, the, on the question that you asked, I think that not enough people take into consideration of everything else. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Huge. Um, conversation. That's, that's just it. And being open to have the conversation and being open to receive on the, on, to be on the receiving end of that conversation. Huge. Huge. Yeah, wow. This was kind of a little bit of a tangent from the whole story, but I loved it. You know, it, it, <laughs> it really captured like something that's very important, especially for men who've been, you know, conditioned to, you know, be shoulders back. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Bernard, just kind of bringing it back now. So, you know, we're talking about the athletics. We're talking about you know, how we're able to cope with the different stressors in our life and experiences that are some maybe be traumatic. What happened after all this, after we learned this? Because you're mentioning you're a track athlete and uh, you're playing football. What was the next part in your journey? The next part of my journey was obviously college. Right? College. Um, so I went to college. I went to a HBCU, which is a historically black college or university. I went to mm-hmm. Delaware State University for a year. I obviously went with my identical twin brother. And nice. after that year, my brother decided to, to stay home and, and pursue college, you know, here at home, whereas I decided to go back because mm-hmm. my true intentions was to play football. Right. Um, I went back, uh, stayed for maybe about a month or so. Financial aid didn't kick in. Mm-hmm. And because financial aid didn't kick in, I had to make a, a decision. Right. Either find the money or go home. Right. And, well, I'm, again, just a kid from Detroit. Yeah. 
you know, I barely made it out here to begin with. You know right. what I mean? So I uh, made the decision to, you know, like Kanye in a, in a sense, get a U-Haul truck, pack it up, and, you know, drove 13 hours back home to Detroit, you know? Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after that, it was pretty much just job after job after job, and competing, paying job, you know, and not that I'm, a, I'm above it, but I always had this feeling that there was something more for me. There was something bigger and better for me. You know, this is not where I want to be for the rest of my life. You know? Absolutely. So uh, by now, it's about four years. I was four years removed from high school, um, working at a pizza joint, mm-hmm. you know, talking to a buddy of mine. I'm at a buddy's house and talking to my, to my buddy, tell him, I don't like where I'm at in life. This sucks. It has right. to be more to life than, than this. And right. this is about May, March sometime. Yep. And he's flipping through the channels and he come across a football game. Right. Now, as an avid football player and mm-hmm. fan of football, this is not this is not uh, uh, NFL, right? Yep. Not even training camp. What could it be? Turns out it's the Canadian Football League, the CFL. And I said, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but that's what I'm going to do. So I found a way. I found out that CFL is sort of like the NFL in the sense that uh, they have their draft, you know, pull people from college and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff, training camp, all that type of stuff. Yep. So I found out with the CFL, uh, after they hold their draft or what have you, they come down to the States and have open tryouts. And so that's what I did. I, I went to open tryouts for a particular team in Canada. Yep. Um, and, and did that. Now, crazy story. Yep. Uh, at Thanksgiving dinner is when I told my family, this is what I'm going to do. I right. think at the time I was working at, at a barbecue joint. It yep. was hot. I was sweating. You know, and again, I don't have anything gets you know, hard labor or anything like that. I just knew it wasn't for me. For sure. Um, my family said, you're crazy. You shouldn't be doing that. You got that nice job over there at the barbecue joint. Just stay there and work that. You know, I said, this is stupid. I'm not doing this. Yeah. Not. So against their wishes, uh, I went and did it anyway. I started Pardon. training uh, and everything. And at the time, I, I had some some buddies of mine who who either played pro ball or just got finished playing pro ball. Yeah. And so I'm talking to them and they're telling me, man, you know, you was better than me. I don't understand why you're not here. I'm like, yeah. you know, the luck of the draw, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Right. And so uh, three weeks to leaving to go to tryout. I'm at the barbecue joint where I was working at. My manager tells me, go take out the trash. So I'm outside taking the trash out to the dumpster. I see two guys coming around. It's about midnight or so. The guy walk up to me. I instantly get this feeling like I need to run. Something's about to happen, but I need to run. Yeah. As soon as I got the feeling, one guy walked up, pulled a shotgun from his sleeve and pointed oh at me. Oh, my God. And I said, okay. All right. You know, it is what it is. So he walked me into the barbecue joint and it's funny because we just hired this girl she was maybe a week old right right and uh, at my 12 o'clock directly in front of me was my manager as I walked through the door and maybe to my three o'clock or so was the new girl right and another one of my employees who was kind of off at my one o'clock but we're in the back room and you can't really see uh, my other employee at my one o'clock so I walk in the girl, the new girl, she sees the guys behind me because I'm obviously taller than them. Yeah. Uh, she starts screaming and, and kind of going nuts, you know, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. I look at my manager in his eyes, and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And I'm just trying to, like, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Right? Yeah. Uh, so I move to the right. He moves to the right. He moves to the left. I move to the left. So we're, you know, sort of doing this little dance. And yeah. He finally seen the guy behind me. And he books it for the front door, right? right. I'm thinking, that's a good idea. I should do that. So I turned around with every intention on running. And the other guy 
came up and had his gun in my head. And I said, all right, you know, it's, what can I do, right? Yeah. I just accepted it, you know? Right. So I got on the ground and the guy put the gun to my head and pressed it in my head to make sure I felt it. And he yelled out, you know, shoot the kill, shoot the kill. So at this point, I'm thinking like, Holy. this this might be the end, right? So uh, the guy runs after my manager. My manager actually runs outside and runs down the street because the, my job was sitting on a busy street. So he runs down the street. And the guy who was chasing him ran so far, turned around, came back. So mm -hmm. they ran back. Obviously, the whole purpose of them coming in was just to rob the place, right? Yeah. Um, so they came back in, and the guy took the butt of the gun and hit me upside my head with the attempt to knock me out, right? Right. So they run out, and they ain't take anything. So now I'm laying on the floor. I'm trying to figure out, okay, did this dude just shoot me? What just happened? Well, yeah. let me see if I can move my arm. Okay, I can move my arm. Let me see if I can move my hand. All right, I can move my hand. Yeah. So I get up, look around, dust myself off. Okay, everything's still here. Okay, what's the first thing I need to do? I need to go lock the door. So I locked the back door, came back, and I seen my manager running back across the front window. So I went to the front door. So they let him in, let him in, called the police, all that type of stuff. So that happened, right? Yeah. Uh, now, of course, when the dude hit me upside my head, I'm thinking like, well, I don't know if he shot me or not. But afterwards, I was thinking like, you know, I took a lot harder hits than this in football. That, that, was, <laughs> that was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that was three weeks before I went to go try out. Wow. The next week, my cousin passed away. <laughs> right? So after I got robbed, I was thinking, I, I don't know if I'm going to go to try out. And tryouts is in Texas. I don't know if I'm going to go try out. The second week my cousin died, I'm like, you know what? Things is getting kind of heavy. Maybe I should go. Yeah. The week of me leaving to go to Texas, I'm, I'm, at, a, uh, at, a, I'm at a store, and yep. I'm getting picking up a couple of things for my grandparents, and the store gets robbed. I don't know what this guy said, but I do. he meant business, right? Because right. I'm in one of the aisles, and I just see people running out the corner of my eyes. So I turn my head and I see the people running. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And I, I I hear the voice. I don't recall what he said, but I heard the voice and I said, God dog, just uh, again, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I put it in my pocket, you know, ran out the door and um, you know, called the police and all that type of stuff. So now I'm thinking like, you know what, at this point, I should just leave, you know. I mean, I got robbed twice. My cousin died. At this point, if I stay here any longer, I might not be here. Right. right. So I made the decision to go anyway. Yeah. Well, tryouts was in Texas. It was in Dallas. I have a nephew down in Dallas, Texas. Okay. So I uh, had to pay to, to get down there. I had to pay to try out. I don't know the Dallas area all that yeah. well. So, of course, I brought along my brother, yep. my older brother. Uh, I had to pay his way so we could get down there and everything, right? So the day that I was to leave to go to Texas, I'm at the family hour. My family is pleading and, and they're forbidding me to, to go. And I'm like, mm, all right. They wouldn't let me out the door until I told them, yeah, okay, I won't go. Yeah. So I said, okay, I won't go. And I, because I showed up with my bags packed and everything. Right. So, while they were saying prayer, or while we were saying prayer, you know, I had my head down, closed my eyes, looked up, realized nobody's looking. I'm out of here. Wow. So I grabbed my bag, jumped right in the car, and went straight to the airport. Wow. Uh, so, of course, you know, I got a lot of calls and, you know, people upset. But in my mind, it was more so me doing this for me. I needed this for me. At this point in my life, I didn't like where my life was. I didn't yeah. like the way things was looking. This is the opportunity, what I like to call my Genesis moment. Yeah. This is my Genesis moment. This could change the rest of my life. Whether I get on a team or not, this is going to change the rest of my life. So wow. I get down to Texas. It's a much longer story, but 
the short end of it is I get to Texas, try out. Uh, again, four years removed from high school. I'm not as fast as I used to be and not as strong as I used to be, but I can still get down. I can still boogie and all that type of stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, I did get enough for them to call me back. Okay. Uh, they said that if we call you at this date or before this date, congratulations, you're on the team and all that type of stuff. If you don't come on to, if you don't get a call from us at this time, then, you know, keep working out, whatever, you know, we got film yeah. on you, we'll shop you around, all that type of stuff. So the deadline came and gone. So now I'm in between jobs again, trying to figure yep. out what am I going to do? Um, maybe about a week, few days to a week later, um, mm -hmm. after the deadline, they called me and said, hey, Bernard, uh, this is Coach So and So from this team. You know, we really love for you to come out. <laughs> when they called me out, I, I was in bed. This about I don't know eight in the morning, nine in the morning. I'm yeah. asleep. And you know, once he said Coach, I perked right up, and <laughs> invited me to come out. You know, I hopped up and down my bed and said, "I'm out of here." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that was my Genesis moment. Yeah, that's. I don't even have a right word to describe that, Bernard. That is, that's just wow, man. That's just wow. Yeah. I, I can't make this up. You really can't, man. You no, really... no. It sounds like a movie, I know, but I can't make this up. You should make it into a movie, my man. We'll see. Maybe later on down the road. No, for sure. So yeah. the coach calls you out. What happens after that? So after that, I go out to Canada. Uh, mm. I, I, for legal reasons, I won't really say the name, but it's in Saskatchewan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I get on the practice team and, and, you know, I do that for about a year or so. Yep. Uh, come back home. They release me, come back home. At this time, Arena Football League is really starting to play up pretty big. Yep. Uh, I had every intentions on going to try out for an arena team. Right. Um, at the time, there was two teams in my area. There was a team in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and a team in Chicago, Illinois. Right. Um, my plan was to try out for Grand Rapids, but then that team folded. So, right. obviously, the fallback plan is Chicago. Mm -hmm. So, I started doing semi-pro football just to, again, get in shape, you know, keep my skills sharp and all that type of stuff. For sure. Um, a game in, we was playing a night game in Ohio, and uh, we was in our red zone, and we was threatening to score. Yeah. Playing receiver that game. And I was telling my uh, – the defense that they was playing, they was, they was playing pretty tough defense on us. Right. And from what I could tell, I, I went back and told the coach, hey, listen, you need to move me from wide receiver to slot receiver and have me run a – what's called a post corner, Right which is about seven to 10 yards downfield straight. And then you do about three yards slant and then you break to the corner of the end zone. Right. Um, with the defense that they was playing, they was playing a zone defense. That would have been a perfect play to, you know, break, you know, just to get inside. Uh, that was the hole in their defense by, by me doing that play. Yeah. So I did that play, ran downfield. I uh, made my move to do a post. Yep. Made my move to, to go, you know, into the corner. And half my body went one way, the other half went the other way. And I fell down. The ball fell right in front of me. I did not catch the ball, which wow. kind of sucked. Yeah. Because uh, after I felt that pain, I didn't think about catching the ball. <laughs> yeah. So I literally got injured in the end zone. And uh, that was somewhat the end of my – Pro career. Right. You know, came home when it got checked out, tore my ACL. Um, for those of you who don't know what an ACL is, the, the ACL is, is the bone that, that connects my top leg and my bottom leg. It keeps the stability for me to go let, to make lateral movements and things of that nature. So uh, having a torn ACL is much like walking a tightrope with no net. Because each step, right. I don't know if if my leg is going to give, if it's going to be strong enough to, to you know, do Make what it's supposed movement. to do. Yeah. So that was pretty tough.
So now I'm right back at home trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Yeah. Still working some of these paying, paying jobs. Uh, and one of my, the job I was at at that point in time was closing. I was working at this department store that was closing the department store and that was going to close it for good. Right. So I needed to figure out what's the next plan. Yeah. So on my way home, came across a career newspaper stand, picked up one of those newspapers and just started skimming through it. Right. Uh, from my position of football, it allowed me to be very analytical. Right. Analytical of the defense, analytical of what I'm supposed to be doing, analytical of what everybody's supposed to be doing. Right. For sure. Um, like I mentioned, the details. So uh, I came across something in IT, learning IT. So, okay, this is cool. You know, I, I, I'm okay with the computers, you know, but mm -hmm. what I loved about it was me taking my analytical skills from the football field and put it into this field. Right. So that's what I did. So I went to school for IT, got out, got a, you know, pretty good job after that. Didn't have to worry about these penny paying jobs. Yeah. Right. And, and that started me on my path to starting my own IT company. Right. Yes. Yeah. That was a lie I said right there. No, that, dude, just keep talking. All you're spewing out is gold. I'm serious. Okay. Yeah. Well, I uh, started a company called Netware Technical Solutions. Yep. Um, I was working at this uh, major cable company that, for legal purposes, I won't put out there. Sure. Uh, but I started working for this major cable company and I met another guy there who was actually my co-founder. Me and him right. got together and we started Netware Technical Solutions. And um, from working at this major cable company, I made them pay for my knee surgery. I made them pay for my degree, for my yeah. associate's degree. And that had me off and running. Right. So the purpose of this IT company, this tech company, was to be pretty much just just like the IT group, the IT uh, department, right? Right. Um, typically, what would happen is something would break, they would call the IT department, right? Yeah. The model that we was using was for us to be more proactive. Right. And before where it was reactive, we're being more proactive. You're paying us to make sure that things don't break, right? Right. And if you don't call us, it's a great month. <laughs> yeah. Everything's going smooth. If we don't call you or you don't call us, everything is going smooth. Right. For sure. So that's when we started Network Technical Solutions. My uh, founder went off and, and started dibbling and dabbling in other entrepreneurial ventures. Still yeah. my still one of my great buddies today that that dude is like my brother. We often throw work at each other and we bounce ideas off of each other. Uh, so that was a great friendship that blossomed from that. Um, so, <laughs> so from that, <laughs> yeah. it, it, one day I was thinking, how can I get more clients coming into my tech company? Right. And that's when I birthed the Genesis Project podcast. Yeah. A, a entrepreneurship podcast. Um, the Genesis Project podcast, business principles for beginners from the school of hard knocks because from everything I just told you, that pretty much is my resume for the School of Hard Knocks. So yeah. I wanted to uh, <laughs> put it out there and try to invite my would-be clients onto the show. And while I have them on the show, I might be you know, trying to spit a little uh, sales pitch to them and things of that nature, right? Um, right? But I got into the whole podcast thing more and more. And I'm like, you know what? maybe I should just focus on this podcast thing more so than, than the tech company. Yeah. So unfortunately I sort of let that falter and right. I built me a media company. Right. Uh, my media company is called all to it media company. Right. And within that media company, I house my, uh, my podcast. I house right. uh, some other products that, that I'm offering. I still do tech work, but I do the tech work, uh, specific tech work underneath my multimedia company now. That's huge. 
and you know like bernard you honestly leave me at a loss for words my man the experience that you've gone through the you know it's like some people you know they're like oh i got a bad test grade my week's ruined my man like just going through your story like i can't imagine how you felt when you know you're going through all these experiences your family's telling you to stay home and you're just you have to like have the you know confidence to just go out on your own go into a new city you know like and then all of it the you know the acl tearing and you're keeping you keep pushing through like that's so commendable um i appreciate that no 100 percent, man and now you started a podcast company you know you you had your meet you have your media company and then you also have another side project so before we go into kind of you know the not the side project sorry your other business that you're starting before we get into that one for individuals who are kind of considering podcasting or haven't gone into it what would you say to them i would say this is something that you should not take lightly Mm -hmm. Uh, there's with everything there's work you know uh podcasts will weed out those who are serious (laughs) right you know um in the sense that if you get beyond your first season you know you're 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 actually doing pretty good for sure people tend not to get beyond their first season you know yeah and and that's that's what i mean by weeding out all of the people who really want to do podcasting and things of that nature you know um podcasting is for me it's something that that is a great platform you know i've I've listened to podcasts for over 10 years and i I have my favorite podcasters you know john lee dumas mike dillard you know pat flynn you Mm -hmm. know and and just just to name a few you know and everything that they're spitting is is just literally just gold right because they they've experienced a lot of the stuff you know yeah. they have a unique insight on certain things you know what i mean they they put things together where it works and i'm sure at some point in time it probably didn't work but it works right Absolutely. for me podcasting allows me a platform to one i'm a huge i'm a huge lover of creativity right right which is the reason why sports was was something so near and dear to me because of the right. creativity you know me having this platform allows me that creative space, right? Yeah. It allows me to, to really hone in on certain aspects of me that I really wanted to develop anyway. You know, yeah. I have a voice, I have thoughts, I have feelings, I have uh, opinions on certain things. Uh, this is a way for me to get out there. This is a way for me to network. And like I mentioned in the beginning, when mm-hmm. I first started this podcast, it was just for me to get clients. And I probably could have went the whole techie route, but because I wanted to reach out to the small business owners to let them know, hey, you know, technology is your friend. It's not against you. You yeah. know, nowadays, it don't matter what business you start. You know, you could be a toilet paper salesman. It's a tech yep. company. You know what I mean? Yep. And I feel that people or businesses do not look at technology as a cornerstone, as a foundation, like they really should. If you do everything correctly, and, and again, from my years of experience, use the technology as a foundation, helps you move forward. There's a lot more successful people or successful businesses that use this technology. But you know, those who don't use technology, who don't want to put technology first, tend to be those businesses that doesn't do too well yeah no that's that's golden advice there bernard so kind of just to dive a little bit deeper on this topic before we get into your business right now Mm -hmm. so you're mentioning that you use podcasting as a medium to you know even increase your sales of your business a lot of people who are starting podcasting have i i personally haven't even heard of this i think that's super creative and unique what you've done how would you advise other people to do this let's say if they're in a certain field maybe i don't know sales okay okay now we're about to get into the meat of things <laughs> <laughs> so this is something that that i've done and this is actually a piece of advice that was given by pat flynn which okay. is starting your email list right yep. after i started my 
after my first season, I started okay. reaching out to people, my my own network, let them know, hey, I got a podcast, you know, would you like to listen to it? Let me get your email address and I'll, you know, make sure I send you my podcast and all that type of stuff, the episodes and all that type of stuff. Yeah. From me doing that and, and, and listening to them, that's when some of the ideas of these products started coming along. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, a, so for example, in the midst of me building my email list, a couple of people asked me, hey, how do you start a business? Mm-hmm. Now, ironically, you know, my first business, I started maybe 10, 15 years ago, right? Right. I did what everybody did. They, yep. you know, I went to my friends and family, asked them, how do I start a business? And yeah. they gave me some really great tips, but let's be honest here. 90% of my friends and family never started a business before. And the 10% that did, don't remember what they did to start, yep. right? So, you know, and, and again, this is no shade to them. You know, yep. they still gave me great advice. But if I want advice on baking, I'm going to go to a baker. If I want yep. advice on jewelry, I'm going to go to a jeweler. Right? Yep. So, again, the school was a hard knock. I had to learn all this stuff on my own. You know, I bumped mm-hmm. my hair, bruised it, you know, yeah. did all of that, right? But I learned how to start a business. I learned how to run a business. From me, so from that, when people started asking me, well, how do you start a business? By me having an a entrepreneurship podcast, a business podcast, talking about entrepreneurship and business and things of that nature, they want to know, well, how do you start a business? And I, I told them, you know, the first couple of people I told them, like, you know, somewhat me being ignorant to thinking that everybody knows how to do this. I told them, you know, do this, do this, do this. Bam, there you go. They're like, oh, okay, cool. But maybe after like the third, fourth, fifth person started asking me the same question, yeah. that's when the light bulb went off. I said, hmm, interesting. They want to learn how to do this. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's what took me back down that road 10, 15 years earlier when I started my first business. How did I go about doing this? Man, I Googled everything. YouTube, YouTube mm-hmm. wasn't as big, but, you know, Google everything, uh, yeah. Bing searched it, you, uh, Yahoo searched it. I did all of yeah. that stuff, you know what I'm saying? So what I ended up doing was I took, after I put myself back in that, in that type of place, I took everything that I did because something I did was took notes on everything that I did. I took right. those notes and I compiled it into a course on how to start a business. And that's what I started packaging and started putting it out to people. Because in my mind, it, it makes complete sense. It, it you know, yeah. I have a, a business podcast. People may want to start a business. Yeah. Well, are they going to start a business listening to a podcast if I'm not speaking on how to start a business? Right? Yeah. And that's what I started doing. So I created a mini course and I created a full course. And I also wrote an ebook. Huge. Hey, for the, for the full course, you get the ebook for free. That's fantastic. Wow. Yeah, that's some great advice. And I think if people kind of went down that route, that'd be definitely a way to create even a full business just on its own, right? Yeah. I think the most important thing that that people need to take away from that is listening Listening to to your market, to your customers, to your potential customers. Mm -hmm. What are they asking you for? Because they're going to tell you what they want. Yeah. Once you put it together and package it and everything, you put it right back out to those same people, they're going to purchase it. And then they're going to spread the word. They're going to be your biggest marketing piece. Huge, huge. So Bernard, that's just value after value after value. So now kind of going away from the podcasting, you are start, you are running with a business right now on how to start a business. Do you mind kind of... I guess that's kind of like what you're talking about. Is there anything in depth that you'd like to touch on there? Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I have something in my course. I have what's called the uh, business, the new business roadmap. Right. Yep. I strongly believe that there is a difference between having a hustle and having a business. Right. Yep. No shade on, on, on those who, who's having, you know, running to their hustles and, and things of that nature, because I think it's great. But I think there's so much many, there's so much more advantages to you having a business versus right. having a hustle. 
Right. For example, if by me having a business, I can write off my phone, my phone yep. bill. I can write that off, tax write off. I get money back for that, right? Yep. I get money back for me having this microphone, right? Yep. I get money back for that. So yes, while I'm paying money up front at the end of the year, I'm getting that money back. So it's like I didn't really pay anything at all. You know what I mean? That's huge. Uh, you know, it, it, I could write everything off in a business. Um, I could build business credit. With that business credit, business credit is obviously different from personal credit, right? Yep. Where you run your personal credit, uh, if your credit score is good enough, you know, you're not going to get it. But with your business credit, you don't necessarily need to have good personal credit to have business credit. They want you to, 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 to buy, you know what I'm saying? As long as you, you know, and of course, all of this takes, um, you have to be very disciplined with money, first of all. Absolutely. But um, with business credit, you could you could get 50000 60000 you know, that little black card that you've seen people have back in the day. Yep. Yeah, it might be personal. But I bet 99% of the time, it was all business. Yeah. Think about it. You know, you have more money accessible to you as a business. So, um, and, and that, that kind of got me off topic. But um, specifically, what I want to get out there is this new business roadmap. I lay out exactly what steps to take in this business roadmap. Come up with a name. After you come up with a name, you need to go see if that name is available. You know, right. Google, YouTube, all of that type of stuff to make sure that that name is available. Once you don't see anybody with the name, or even if you do see somebody with your name, see if it's available in your state, in your region, in your territory, right? right? Because just because you see it on the internet, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that it's legal in, no. in, in the state, in the region, in the territory, what have you. You know what I mean? Um, after you find out if this name is available, lock that name down before anybody else get it. You lock it down, right? And how do you Once go you about that, locking that name down? Sorry to cut you off. Oh, no word. So, I again, because I'm from Detroit, Michigan, what I had to do to lock down my, my business name is I went to the state of Michigan website. Mm -hmm. I did a what's called an entity search within the yeah. state of Michigan website. Once my name came up, uh, or rather, if my name didn't come up, it's open. Golden. Nobody has it. So I need to put in the paperwork to lock that name down. You know, you may pay a few dollars, and that's fine. You're not going to, you can't get in business and just expect it to, to be free, right? Yeah. You got to put money down on, on a lot of stuff, right? Definitely. Um, so I lock down the name with the state. After that, I go and get me what's called an EIN number, an employee identification number. Yep. And I get that from the IRS. Yep. Once I get that, I could take this EIN number and I could go to the bank and open up a bank account, a checking or rather a business account. Right. Now, this is going back to the whole personal credit, business credit type of deal. But if your personal credit is good enough, you can open up a, you can get you a business credit card using your personal credit, but you can get it in your business. Right. If you don't have good personal credit, which I didn't, I still don't, which is a, a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> what you do is you just open up that business account. That's fine. And then you can go on and you can start uh, vendor accounts. They raise your business credit up. And then once right. you get your business credit up, then you can start getting uh, business credit cards from Best Buy, you know, Amazon, maybe, you know, yep. and things of that nature. Right. Definitely. And then you can take all of this because everything is being ran by what's called Duns and Bradstreet. Yep. They're running your credit. So it's just like uh, uh, Equifax, you know, in yep. the other two companies I can't think of at the moment. But it's just like those companies. Yeah. Duns and Bradstreet is specifically for business along with, uh, I believe, Equifax as well. Okay. Once you start getting your business credit up, now you can take that back to the bank and say, hey, within, let's say, six months, I have these vendor accounts. All of, them have, all of them has been reporting to Duns and Bradstreet saying that I am in good credit standing. 
Yep. Give me a credit card for my business. They right. might give you five thousand. That's fine. Five thousand. Cool. And then you might get ten thousand. And then that's how you start up and everything. You know. Now, and I know I might be going a little long with this, but you oh, definitely get a lot more. <laughs> you definitely get a lot more from my course that that explains yep. a lot of this. Yeah. Um, but once you once you get your 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 bank account, your business bank account, yeah. then you go and start focusing on obviously your product, how you're going to market. You definitely need a website. Don't listen to people who say you don't need a website yeah. because they're stupid. You need a website. <laughs> you need a website. Yeah. Uh, you may not need business cards, but you need a website. Yeah. You know? And then you need social media, yep. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, Pinterest, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. you need that because now you need to start telling people about your business, right? Yeah. And then you come up with a marketing plan to tell people, hey, you know, I got this, you know, again, because, because I'm from Detroit. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we typically have people on, on, on street corners, you know, selling Jordans or whatever. Yo, I got, I got those new 12s, you know, yeah. 250s. I got those new 12s, 250, 250, you know. Yeah. Same thing. You're going to be out there on them corners saying, yo, I got this new widget, you know, 150, 150, you know. Yeah. What does this widget do? Oh, man, this widget will wash your car. This widget will wash the windows of your house. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> it will cook you dinner. <laughs> Whatever you want this widget to do, it's going to do yeah. it for you. 150, 150, you know what I mean? And, and that's, that's that. pretty much the, the whole synopsis of it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys a deal. 25% yep. off of my full course. Again, you get the, the ebook for free. Uh, you get uh, what's called the, the new business roadmap. You yep. get some uh, video explanations on how to actually fill out this paperwork because that's where they're going to get you. <laughs> they're going to get you in the paperwork. Yeah. But I have videos that, that goes through how to actually do this paperwork in detail, specific, specific details. You'll right. also get a, a resource list that, that will help you to either start your business or to either take your business to the next level. And on this resource list, if you need logos, you could, you know, I got something on there that will help you with your logos. If you need somebody to come up with, for example, write an ebook, I got yep. somebody to help you do that. You know, banking or, or finances, you know, human resources, I got everything you need that will help you with your business. And like I said, just for your listeners, I will give you guys 25% off if you go to the site that I just gave you. <laughs> That's huge. Thank you so much, Bernard. And yeah, so Bernard's got the keys. You just ask for which one you want and he'll throw it out your way. So Bernard, I guess we're going to probably wrap up the show quite quickly right now. Before we go into the segment where you can give up your social media handles and your website and all that, what would you think would be one message that you'd like our viewers to know? I want you guys to get over this fear. Mm -hmm. Fear is not necessarily real. It's something right. that we make up in our mind, but fear is there. Right. I, I'll, I'll give you this quick story. My, my, my twin brother served in the Air Force. Right. And he had the unique pleasure of being around foreign dignitaries four-star, five-star generals, you know, right. he did events with the president, uh, wow. vice president, all that type of stuff. And, and right. you know, I, I want to give him a shout out just, just for him and his service or whatever. For sure. But he, he did some, some training with some spec op guys, okay. you know, uh, SEALs, Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, things of that nature. The main question he asked them was the main question I've been asking myself for years now. Right. He asked them with what do they do with their fear? Right. right? When, when when they go into these buildings or or you know go into these missions and, and people are shooting at them and you know you have bullets whizzing past your head, what keeps you moving forward? What what is it in you that keeps you doing this? And he's and and, and he told me that a lot of them had the same answer training yeah it's not that they're not it's not that they're not afraid they're afraid you know who who yeah. wants to get shot who wants to die yeah none of us right 
but they still do it anyway, even with that fear. But what they do is they train, they train, they train, they train. And just like I mentioned to you earlier, I trained till I threw up running track. And then, you know, I wiped my mouth, drank some water, and I got back at it. After practice, I'm in my driveway practicing again. And that was the only way that I was able to, to, you know, take state, to win state, and to have a, a, a record, you know, in the state for my event. They trained themselves. They trained themselves. They trained themselves. That's how they dealt with fear. So with that being said, I want you guys to know that this whole fear thing, all you got to do is train yourself and train yourself and train yourself. The fear is not going to go away, but with you training yourself, you'll be able to deal with the fear to still complete that mission, to still complete that objective, to still get whatever you want out of life just to deal with fear. Right. No, that's huge. Thank you so much, uh, Bernard. That's an amazing tip. And, you know, a lot of times we do have fear in our life. Um, But like you mentioned, just by training, we can really go past that and, you know, realize that it's okay, you know? Yeah. It's okay. And we got this. So uh, Bernard, what are your social media links? So, you know, people can get around to you and we'll throw it down in the description below as well. Yes. You can find me on Instagram at um, Facebook at mm. Genesis project podcast. You can find me on Twitter at podcast Genesis. Yeah. And, and just for those of you who, who can't spell Genesis it's G E N E. S-I-S. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you can always find me at my website. It's uh, genesisprojectpodcast.com. Uh, again, business principles for beginners from the School of Hard Knocks. And just like I've mentioned over, <laughs> over and over and over again today, you know, I've, I've come from the School of Hard Knocks. Yep. I'm comfortable with, with the Hard Knocks. I'm not afraid to fail. And I have the IDGAF attitude that really helped me to get through a lot of, a lot of this hard knock stuff. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. The stories that you've mentioned in today's podcast were so captivating. It was so real, you know, you could, you could feel it viscerally. And and I appreciate you for that. I appreciate you for your messages on mental health. I appreciate you for, you know, the advice in business that you've given us today and, all in all, man, I appreciate all your keys that you've given our listeners and just you as a person, my man. Thank you so appreciate much for being on the Personal Process Podcast. No problem. Yeah. So thank you again, and we'll catch you all on the next episode. Thank you very much. Hey, everyone. I'm back after another amazing episode with another amazing guest. We hope we added value into your life so you could take the tips from this episode and fuel your process forward. If you enjoyed our episode today and think other friends or family members may also appreciate the lessons that our podcast brings, be sure to share us with them. Subscribe and rate our show so we know how we did. And always remember, trust the process.